Disclaimer, I am a counseling student, I am not a mental health professional, and I cannot give or offer mental health services. You are listening to Good You. I'm your host, Samantha, and today we're going to be talking about perfectionism. Now, if you're anything like me, you may be a perfectionist, and you might not even realize that you are. So I wanted to dive into this topic. It was a topic suggested by a listener, and I thought it was perfect because it's something that I also struggle with. And I find that the more research I do on something that I tend to struggle with, the better I can get with it because I just have more knowledge. Knowledge is power for me. I want to say that, again, this was a topic suggested by a listener. So if you have any topics that you really want to hear more about, please message me on the Instagram at goodyou.therapy and you know let me know what you want to hear more about i really want to make this about the listeners and what you know spreading mental health awareness and that goes with knowing more about yourself so if there's anything you want to know more about please message me and we can make it into an episode so again perfectionism today i hope you are all excited let's get started So, what is perfectionism? Let me start off by saying that I got a lot of my information from uh, Psychology Today, Healthline, uh, Very Well Mind, and Very Well Family. These are all uh, sources that are said to be highly credible and that they are reviewed, peer-reviewed. So, um, just wanted to start off by that. So, what is perfectionism? You kind of have an idea. It's about, you know, someone who has to have really high standards, but almost impossible standards. You know, some people could view being a perfectionist as a healthy motivator for somebody, but it's not really the case because you're not holding yourself to high standards. You're holding yourself to impossible standards, most of the time unreachable. And even when you reach really high standards or just great standards, it's not high enough. It's not good enough. There are actually three types of perfectionism. I didn't know about this until research. So quoted from Psychology Today, there's the self-oriented perfectionist, which is imposing an irrational desire to be perfect on oneself. Then we have the other-oriented perfectionist, who places unrealistic standards of perfectionism on others. And then we have the socially prescribed perfectionist who is perceiving excessive expectations of perfection from others. So let's break that down. Self-oriented perfectionism, imposing an irrational desire to be perfect on oneself. So that's kind of what everyone knows as being a perfectionist, right? I need to work hard. I need to do better. And it's never enough. Other-oriented, which is placing unrealistic standards of perfectionism on others. So If I have these rules and ideas in my head that are of the best standards and people aren't doing that, maybe like, let's say I have a kid and they are getting B's and not A's 
and getting hundreds in every every class or every test that's me placing perfectionism on somebody else then we have the socially prescribed perfectionist which is perceiving excessive expectations of perfections from others so socially prescribed perfectionists believe that others have high expectations of them so you know we have the self-oriented which means that i hold those ideas for myself i hold the high standards other oriented is i hold my high standards to other people they have to follow my standards and then socially prescribed is when i feel like i people are holding me to extremely high standards all the time but it's 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 not accurate or maybe sometimes it is accurate people are holding you to high standards and it never feels like enough right like we've had bosses like this where the feedback is never uh, positive feedback. It's it's never like, you know, I've seen how well you're doing, but, you know, there, here's some room for improvement. It's looking over all of the things that you've done and only criticizing. So those are the three types of perfectionists. So let's talk about what the signs are for someone who is a perfectionist. What are the signs and symptoms of perfectionism? So one is that we have an all or nothing thinking. And this is when you evaluate decisions based on extremes. So it either has to be perfect or it's going to be a disaster. And you're either a total success or you're a total failure. So a good example of this uh, is how perfectionists struggle with healthy eating or exercising and consistency, right? Uh, So you have to have the perfect diet. You can't screw it up. Otherwise, you know, you're just, you just messed it up for the whole week. So today I start and I have a cookie in the middle of the day. Well, I might as well have the whole box of cookies because I just messed up my whole diet with that one cookie and I can't control myself. And it's all these negative thoughts in my head that self-sabotages me. So that can also go into working out, right? I missed Monday's workout. So I might as well not go to the gym for the rest of the week and try to start next week because I just, uh, I, I didn't start, start it off on the right foot. So these are some examples of all or nothing thinking. Another sign of perfectionism is you trust yourself to get a task done correctly over other people. So this can be seen as kind of controlling aspect of perfectionism. For an example, you take over group projects at work or at school because you don't trust that the group members are going to do the task correctly or to the to your standard, so you end up doing it yourself and taking it over. So another sign of perfectionism is that you hold yourself and others to extremely high standards. So this kind of goes with the previous one, except this goes into the more um, controlling and demanding one. So not only do you hold yourself to uh, accountable to these demands, but you do it to others as well. This is going to be the uh, other-oriented and self-oriented perfectionism combined, right? For example, tardiness. You expect others to be on time or even early because that's how you are and you that's that's a really good quality for you or even just how you get something done and if someone isn't doing it as efficiently or effectively or flawlessly as you're doing it then it's then it's not good enough so you may obsess over projects and always think that they could have been better yeah i tend to do that so you obsess over projects like your book or websites or articles or speeches or <clears throat> podcast because you feel like they could have been better and 
it didn't meet your standard and you're afraid of anything beyond positive feedback. So I, you know, I really struggled with this a few weeks ago. Um, my first few episodes, I had to have a lot of people listen before I posted. I don't do that anymore, but I don't think I listen to my episodes as often um, as I used to because I am too afraid of like hearing myself anymore. I feel like I didn't do it as good as I could have and and it's affecting how like the people listening because they're not going to be interested and so it's 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 hard when you, you can be really hard on yourself. And this is just an example of of that level of perfectionism. You reflect on on things you did and how you should have done something or reflect on how others act by how they should have done something. Again, going back to the controlling aspect, not only do you have to abide by the set of rules that you've created, but others do as well. And if they don't, you'll most likely think about what they should do or what they could have done better. And you'll do that for yourself as well. You determine your confidence levels and self-worth based on your accomplishments. And I am so guilty of that. I really do. Um, You require validation from others to feel good about yourself. You also crave this validation to the point of never giving yourself a break. And once you achieve one goal or accomplish one project, you're right off to the next one. And I'm, I'm really guilty of this. I, I, I'm confused on whether or not my love language being words of affirmation is actually because of my perfectionistic qualities. Because I'm like, do I just need this validation? Because I doubt myself so much that it's nice when others point it out for me because I'm not doing it for myself, right? But yeah, I also tend to overschedule myself because if I am doing nothing, then I am not using my time wisely. I, yeah, if if you're if you feel like your the goals that you hit aren't enough and every time you do it, you feel like you have to go on to the next one without giving any time for yourself, you might want to look into self-validation. And I will be doing that myself. Um, you can fixate on things you messed up or didn't do good enough on. You may have done 100 things right, but you'll fixate on that one thing you did wrong, making the 100 things you did right not good enough to outweigh that one wrong. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I could have done a whole research project, right? Let's say I did a whole paper and I got a couple points off because of a grammar, grammar error, but I still got an A. I still have like maybe a 98. And I'm fixated on that grammar error that could have gotten me 100. It really, I I don't, it's hard when you say it out loud because you're like, you know, you might have had those people in in school where you were like, oh, I got a 50 on this test. And they're like, yeah, I know I did so bad. I got a 90. And you're like, what the hell, dude? (laughs) I just told you I got a 50. You got a 90. And that's bad for you. But truly, that could be someone who has perfectionistic qualities that, they really do feel like they didn't do good enough and that's going to bother them more than maybe your 50 even bothers you. You procrastinate or avoid tasks or situations where you believe you will fail or you won't excel at. Again, I am totally guilty of this. And as counterintuitive as it may seem, it's easier for a perfectionist to come to terms with or make excuses for not doing something than doing it and not thriving or excelling in it. So Again, this ties into the all or nothing thinking. This ties into the exercising. This ties into, you know, an example is someone who really wanted to start writing a book and they haven't even started yet because they just don't think that they're going to be able to write a full 
you know, 70,000 word book. Like I said, it's counterintuitive because to perfectionists, you think that they have to do everything and have to do everything well, but they will avoid things that they don't think that they will succeed in to avoid failure. So what effects can perfectionism have on a person? Well, perfectionism can cause you to feel unhappy with your life. You feel like you're always striving towards something you can never reach. It can cause self-blame, self-hatred, self-criticism, which in turn can lead to depression, anxiety, eating disorders, self-harm. This can all affect your quality of life and eventually affect your relationships, work, education, etc. It, it really only has negative effects, perfectionism. Now, perfectionism and holding yourself to a high standard are two separate things, okay? Because that's why we see it as a high motivator, having perfectionism. But again, perfectionism is holding yourself beyond standards that you can't reach. And then you're never, never happy with the high standards that you do reach. Holding yourself to a high standard, hitting it, being proud of yourself, and then moving on, not thinking back about all the things you could have done, that's healthy. That causes really high self-esteem and self-confidence that is, is very healthy for you. Maybe you've heard the term of imposter syndrome, but this definitely ties into perfectionism and we're going to talk about it. So perfectionism often leads to a term known as imposter syndrome. And according to Psychology Today, imposter syndrome is when someone believes they are undeserving of their achievements and the high esteem in which they are generally held. For example, when you work your way into that job that you have strived for for many years and you feel like you do not deserve the position when you finally reach it, you get there and you're like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't think I deserve to be here. I don't know nearly as much as all these other people that are here. Of course you don't. They've been there for years. Um, You're just starting and you have been working yourself up to this. So, and everyone begins somewhere, but it's never giving yourself that compassion. You're always just invalidating yourself. One may feel incompetent or unintelligent, and they're waiting for the day that everyone will see it too. And they often feel like frauds, even with plenty of evidence that displays their success. So I'm also, I feel like I can be guilty of this. If I don't know everything mental health, right? I'm like, dude, you have a freaking podcast and you don't know this term or, or like you're in, you're in grad school for counseling and you don't know this and and my classmate knows more about it. And, and I, do, I do second guess myself a lot if I don't know everything. But it's impossible to know everything. And give yourself credit for the things you do know. People with imposter syndrome often attribute their t- achievements to luck, such as good timing. Or if they put in a lot of effort to get where they are, but they feel like they can't keep up the effort they expended to get there. So it's like, I, I get this new job, and I'm like, I worked my ass off to get here, I, you know. Let's say uh, right when I get out of counseling school and I'm working as a provisionally licensed counselor and I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? I don't, I I don't know what I'm doing. I don't deserve to be here. It's always second guessing how you got to where you are as if you didn't do the work to get there. And since imposter syndrome and perfectionism often go hand in hand, they will have similar coping skills, which we'll get to later. So what causes perfectionism? Uh, Perfectionism is primarily a learned behavior, and it's derived from the fear of failure or harsh judgment. 
Perfectionism has increased substantially within the last 30 years over all genders and cultures. Greater pressure from academic and professional competition plays a role along with the harmful presence of social media that causes unrealistic comparisons, which we are all very aware of. I kind of want to talk about how parents can cause perfectionism in their children and how they can prevent this. So again, let's not confuse high standards and perfectionistic parenting. Having high standards is healthy. Expecting perfectionism is not. Two totally different things. So signs that your parenting might cause perfectionism in your children. You might have the inability or you you have some difficulty watching your children do something differently from how you would do it. You may micromanage your children when they're working on a task rather than letting them learn from mistakes and do it themselves. You put pressure on your child to perform flawlessly. You criticize more than you praise. Try to fulfill your dreams and goals through your child. And you treat minor goals and projects like playing in a soccer game or taking a math test like life-altering events and activities. So these actions can set a child up for perfectionism and perceived failure throughout life. They will learn to value the wrong thing. And that's really big to know with perfectionism. Your, ch- your child may go cheat on a math test or on their homework because they feel you value achievement over honesty. And this can also cause the same mental health problems that perfectionism causes you or any adult on the child. So they will also suffer from anxiety, depression, eating disorders, etc. When you set the bar too high, your child is most likely going to give up rather than try. So if they know they can't get straight A's, it's going to turn into why bother behavior pattern. Why bother try when I know I'm not going to get this A and I'm going to get yelled at if I get a B or if I get anything lower or this could have been better responses. The first thing to do to prevent this is to change your behavior so that you can prevent putting your own perfectionism on your children. So let's evaluate yourself at the very beginning. Work on your own perfectionism and reflect on your own behaviors and thought patterns. Why does it bother me? How my child picks up their toys isn't the same that I would. Does it get the job done? Are they putting all their toys away? Maybe make it into a game for them to make it more entertaining. Sometimes it's not going to get done exactly how you would do it. And we have to just let it go and breathe because we got to remember that children are still learning. Uh, The sooner we work on ourselves and become more self-aware of our actions, behaviors, and thought patterns, the easier it will be to transfer that behavior to our parenting. And also consider your language. One really beneficial thing with children is to avoid immediate praise or immediate criticism. So instead of saying something like, oh, great job, you won the game, or showing disappointment and a loss, ask your child how they think they did and ask them to identify what they did well and what they can improve on. You can always support and be proud of your child. I'm proud of you for how hard you tried. I saw how hard you worked out there and not make it about the end result. Because working hard is what's important in life. Putting your best foot forward is what's important, not the outcome. So this allows autonomy in a child and it allows them to set their own limits of standards. Um, Another thing, just cut them some slack. (laughs) Take a deep breath. If your child didn't make their bed correctly or pick up their room correctly, if they didn't brush their teeth without you telling them to, take a breath and try to avoid yelling. Again, kids are still learning. 
They need to learn from their mistakes and we can take these opportunities for them to learn rather than criticizing them for not doing it right in the first place. And yes, that this includes if you've told them a hundred times to do something a certain way, maybe take a step back and see that that's not going to work with them. Maybe take this opportunity to ask your child if they know a better or a more fun way to make the bed or set a Mickey Mouse alarm to brush their teeth. And this will teach them to think outside the box and organize ideas. Stop comparing yourself to other parents and stop comparing their kids to your own. Social media is full of unrealistic standards. The perfect families you see online, on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, are not always perfect behind the scenes. And it's easy for us to forget this when we're only seeing the good times and the perfect times being posted. They can cut things out of videos. They can not post when their kid starts throwing a temper tantrum and crying. I promise you, your experience is normal. And you know what? Give yourself some credit and, and give yourself some praise for what you're getting right as a parent. Because parenting isn't easy. Children test our nerves, our triggers, our patience. Celebrate the victories and practice grace and self-compassion when you're not a super mom, super dad, super non-binary parent. And create the idea of failure with your child. Let the child make mistakes. Talk about failure as a way to create a learning opportunity. It is impossible impossible to succeed at everything always we have to be realistic remember they're just children and also this applies to adults you're just human okay but with children just remember that they do not have the knowledge and understanding that you have from all the years that you've been alive and on this earth they are still learning basic things So praise again for the efforts, not the outcome. Don't praise for getting the A. Praise them for how hard they study. Don't praise them for scoring two goals in the game. Let them know how hard you saw them hustle out there and uh, and work really hard with their team. This will teach them to focus on doing their best rather than doing whatever they have to do to achieve the best result, no matter what the cost. And lastly, back off when they are overwhelmed. We can get overwhelmed as adults all the time. I'm speaking from personal experience. That also applies to children. We need a break. We need to take a break for our mental health. And that applies to them too. They also check out mentally. They also need breaks. And no matter how much energy they have compared to adults, which is a lot, they still get tired. They still get overwhelmed. So if you notice them backing off activities that they used to love, like playing a certain sport or an instrument, it may be a sign that they're being pushed a little too hard and that they need a break. So, you know, ask them. I know we're so used to growing up with parenting that's like, well, I'm the parent, I decide. But you're not teaching your kid autonomy and you're not teaching them how to understand or reflect on their emotions. If you're able to ask them like, hey, do you want to go to soccer today? Do you want to go to your piano lesson today? And they say no. Talk to them about that. Why? Is it getting too much for you? I, I, I know that I'm talking about kids who are a little older, right? But there are still things that younger kids can make choices, choices on as well. So how can we get past perfectionist ideas and values? What are the coping skills? First, let's take a look at our perfectionism. <laughs> Many people, including myself, because I know I'm guilty of 
this way of thinking, believes that being a perfectionist can make you more effective, but we need to evaluate what is the cost of this and is it worth it? The negative consequences of perfectionism outweigh the drive it may give you. And it also can be counterproductive by causing procrastination and avoidance like I discussed earlier. Reflect and try to become self-aware of your behaviors, your actions, and your thought processes or thought patterns. Reflect on why you're frustrated for getting a B rather than an A. Reflect why you don't feel like you didn't do good enough on a presentation even though your colleagues tell you how much they learned from it. Practice self-compassion and give yourself grace, aka be nice to yourself. Just be nice to yourself. (laughs) How would you treat your friends and your family? You know, think of the ways that we talk to ourselves and evaluate whether or not you would speak like this to your friends or your family members or your loved ones. We need to work on the way we talk to ourselves. Work on self-affirmations. I am good enough. I put in the effort I have to give. I am proud of myself. Focus on what you did well and on the accomplishments. Just because something was completed in a way that you may deem as imperfect, you still successfully got the job done, and that in itself is awesome. And lastly, we need to do our best to alter our way of thinking when it comes to criticism or feedback. So just because we're given constructive feedback does not mean we have failed or are failures. These are not to be taken as personal attacks. They are meant to be helpful, and most of the time, they come from a place of care and improvement. And changing our attitude on how we take feedback can truly help in overcoming our perfectionistic ideas. So that boss at work that maybe does a feedback sandwich or whatever they call those things and starts with something positive that they've noticed it how hard you've been working and then that middle criticism comes in they say here is an area where you can improve and then end with but overall I see how hard you you're working and how well you're doing and I know that you're just going to continue to grow that middle part doesn't have to outweigh the outside parts you're doing really good and this area is just an area where you can improve and that's all it has to be you don't have to make it into something that it's not okay I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I I really learned a lot about myself during it. And I think the main thing that I can take away is to just be kinder to myself and to really reflect more on the things that I did right than the things that I did wrong. And also the things that I did wrong, were they actually done wrong or were they just not good enough, right? So yeah, again, this was suggested by a listener. So please, if you have any topics that you'd like to hear more about, message me on the podcast Instagram at goodyou.therapy and make sure you're following the podcast and following the Instagram. Thank you so, so much for your support and listening to this channel. I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you next time. Today's music was written and produced by Tyler O'Brien. You can find him on Instagram at dreamscape, D-R-E-A-M-S-C-A-P-E, and follow his band at wastelander underscore band on Instagram.